Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR Sports Radio 550. You know what they say, first time, long time? I'm here for a good time, not a long time? Something along those lines, I'm not sure. Our next guest. He's not here forever. He's just here for a good time. So get in while it's hot. Connor Rogers of Bleach Report joins me now to uh, to chat up the AFC East, talk about the New York Jets, which I know is sort of like twisting his arm at this point. Uh, nobody actually wants to talk about the Jets. Not even Jets want to talk about the New York Jets with their own families. So I, you know, I can I can get it at this point. But Connor, try if you will to put into words where you were thinking about this football team in like August to where you are right now and is it just like the most familiar place that you've ever been is just where you are right now about the New York Jets? <laughs> Honestly, Nate, it feels like Groundhog's Day. It's like home. Like, it feels like home. It, it really does, especially a guy like me that like full-time I cover the NFL draft and then part-time I obviously do the Jets coverage and uh, they blend together uh, like peanut butter and jelly year after year. It's truly incredible how early it comes. But I'll say this, like when it comes down to it in terms of what you did ask, expectations in August and, you know, before the Carl Lawson injury. Yes, before that's the key. Team would, exactly. This team was built on their front four. It's where they spent all their money. They're starting literally a collection of day three picks and UDFAs in the secondary. They, they were ready to kind of have their ups and downs there, understandable. Uh, I thought it would be a roller coaster where they have weeks like Tennessee, right? They have no business winning that game, and they come out and, and really stun a lot of people, and, and they look, you know, the offense looks great. The defense does everything they can to keep them in it. And then they have weeks, like you've seen with New England now twice, and the Denver game where they're just not even competitive because they're so young, and they're just quite frankly are not on the talent level that a lot of teams in the NFL are on around them because of the rebuild that Joe Douglas took on and the fact that they have a first-time head coach, a first-time play caller, everything's new. These guys are learning, and they're getting punched in the mouth. And that's what happens when you take on that kind of risk where you're pairing rookies everywhere with rookie coaches in the middle of a rebuild where, quite frankly, a lot of the teams around you are just on a different level. So I think, you know, I thought they'd be obviously better. And then Carl Lawson got hurt, and then Mekhi Becton got hurt week one. And then last week, no surprise, they got run all over because all their starting linebackers were out. Yeah. C.J. Mosley's a, a true difference maker. Gerard Davis has been out. They're starting, you know, once again, the playbook of day three and UDFA kind of guys. So 
it's been tough for them for a mix of really everything combined. How disappointing is it to see? Listen, I what. What I'm hoping for you, and what I'm hoping for Jets fans, because the ire, I, I've really kind of turned my attention to the Dolphins and their fans, because they're <laughs> just as delusional and, you know, absolutely insane as anyone that I've ever come across, and especially on social media. So Jets fans, like, I, I, I've, I've just gotten to the place where I sort of feel bad for the Jets, but I, I'm, I'm looking at their situation with the quarterback and he gets hurt, and I think it could be a blessing in disguise um, for the Jets for Zach Wilson because I don't think he's going to have the opportunity, short of getting injured, to pull back a little bit, sit on the sideline, watch another guy go through, watch another guy prepare. And I, it reminds me a lot of what happened to Josh Allen um, in that rookie season. He struggled um, outside of that 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 Minnesota game uh, where he hurdles Anthony Barr. He struggled and. In that uh, Houston game where he throws the, probably the best pass of his early part of his career to Calvin Benjamin, he completes the pass and hurts his elbow and misses the next five games. And he comes back, and they sort of go on this run at the end of that season, his rookie year in 2018. And he looks like a legit he, – he took a step that week away or that, 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 that four- or five-week span where he had to watch from the sideline, watch Derek Anderson go out there and prepare for football games. Not that I'm – I'm going to think Joe Flacco is really going to do much teaching at this point. But I guess my the perspective that he can gain on the sidelines maybe over the next few weeks as he recovers from his knee injury, do you believe that might be a blessing in disguise? Man, I'm with you all the way, right? When this injury went down, you're just crossing your fingers and saying, let's hope this is not a long rehab. Let's hope, God forbid, this is no torn ligaments, anything like that. And you never want to see a guy get hurt. But I, I'm with you all the way. I've been telling everybody that, listen, there is a glass half full here where – I really think Zach needs a couple weeks to just watch a veteran play. Now, obviously, Flacco is not going to play this weekend, but Flacco is going to play at some point. And for them to get right where you can time it for a couple reasons. The Jets right now in the next three games have both the Bengals and the Bills. That's not pretty for them. That would not be pretty for Zach Wilson. But if you do sit him for these next couple weeks, and then you return him to a stretch where you have Houston, Jacksonville, the Dolphins twice, which hilariously the Jets are not in last place in this division because <laughs> of what, hap- what has happened with the Dolphins uh, this year, where, yeah, he could sit back and watch, and then you can time up his return with Mekhi Becton's return, and then you could time up his return with the schedule. Listen, it's, it's hard to sit here from a Jets perspective and say, oh, the schedule will get easier, because every team that sees the Jets on the schedule probably says the same thing. But it really does matter for a young quarterback, of course. So it, he needs to sit and watch, and it'll help everyone. It'll help the play calling. It'll help him watch a quarterback that, quite frankly, gets the ball out a little quicker, yeah. I think. You know, with, whoever's out there will get the ball out quicker. I think that's something that he'll obviously uh, maybe be able to improve on. So it's a breather. It's a breather for the entire team. Yes, it's going to be a rough couple weeks for the Jets. There's no denying that. But like you said, great point about Josh Allen. Even rookie Sam Darnold had a yep. stretch where he missed some time, and he came back and uh, probably played the best of his Jets career to finish that season. It gives you momentum, and it just gives you really a time to collect yourself. You know, when you do these sorts of things, right, you, you do a radio show and you have a guest on, and they're talking, and throughout their answer to a question, you hear like, you know, one or two more questions, follow-ups in their answer you want to ask. And the problem is, you just gave me like five things I want to talk about and where I want to take the rest of this interview, so thanks for that. Uh, but let me start with the Darnold point because that was the that was the most recent one obviously the trade happens he goes to Carolina Carolina punts on taking Justin Fields which 
let's face it, I think that's going to be a decision that's going to come back to haunt Matt Rule and that organization because uh, now the talks about whether or not they're in or out of this Deshaun Watson conversation, you and I will talk about Watson at some point here. It just feels dirty, so I'll, I'll wait to do that. But, like, where are you with Darnold? Like, the beginning of the season, you see what he's capable of doing when he has Christian McCaffrey to dump the ball off to 80% of the time. Without him, not only has he not looked like a starting caliber quarterback, he looks done to me. He looks like he is not the player that a lot of teams thought he was going to be, the New York Jets thought he was going to be, the Carolina Panthers hoped that they could turn him into be. And are you just, are you maybe on the same page as me right now, which is I was always the guy that said, give Darnold the situation, give him a play caller, give him some weapons, and let him go. And he has no more excuses, Connor. Yeah, it's it's up, right? You're right, absolutely. And to be honest with you, and a lot of people really ripped me for this, especially a lot of Jets fans that are understandably attached to Darnold at the end of last year. If you just watch the film and really put everything into perspective, the the wide lens view, there was no reason to believe in Darnold having this revitalized career as this top 15 quarterback of the future. If you looked at everything – from the analytics told you it was nearly impossible, and everything from the film, because you have to combine both, told, told you it was pretty highly unlikely because all you have to do is watch the reps where he did have a clean pocket and guys are getting open. Like, I understand Adam Gase was abysmal, and I understand the Jets' lack of talent was an issue. There's no denying that impacted Darnold's development. But there are t- tons of examples last year where he's just not seeing the field. Yeah. and. At what point is that green light never going to come on where you're not playing fast enough, you're not seeing the field, and quite frankly, you're not a a freakish enough athlete to make up for those deficiencies. So he's caught somewhere in the middle where after you go through all of those things, he might just be a long-term backup. But the question is, how much do you really like a backup that is so reckless with the football? A lot of coaches do not like that. So he'll hang around the league for a long time. But this is a puzzling decision by the Panthers that was highly criticized by people that were very close to watching Darnold those final two years with the Jets that saw it and said, man, if you pick up that fifth-year option fully guaranteed, this is the move you're staking your coaching contract on if you're Matt Rule, and he'll get more chances because he got like a seven-year deal. But it just didn't make a lot of sense, and I just don't see it with Darnold. And I think it's going to be a huge problem for the Panthers now, now that they're stuck. And it kind of goes back to, wow, you know, it's kind of crazy the Jets even got what they did for him, a second-round pick that's going to be in the top 50, a fourth-rounder and a sixth-rounder for a quarterback that pretty much everybody knew wasn't very good. And it's sad, right? He was a high pick. He had a lot of expectations. There was always talent there. But at the end of the day, it just it never clicked. And you can't just blame development all the time yeah. when Darnold never really helped himself. It's a great point. Connor Rogers here on the Western Hotline. Bleacher Report, he's also uh... – Badlands over and he covers the Jets. Got a podcast. He does a great job there. Uh, Connor, um, where to go now? Let's go into Tua and the Dolphins. Since since I think it's a it's relevant with the Bills hosting the Dolphins tomorrow. I, I just don't. I don't even really know where to start with them. Um, I think that's probably where a lot of people are. It just it they shouldn't be one and six. There are a lot of things you can point to. They have two offensive coordinators. 
I think that's a, that's a place to start. They have mismanaged every single way possible the quarterback situation from last year to this year to drafting the wrong guy and just like everything about their decision making in this organization. And, and Chris Greer does not seem to take a lot of the blame. And 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 it kind of goes to Flores, but Flores just like a duck in the water, the water just sort of comes off the just goes off of the wings. Whatever that saying is, I don't know. But it's, how? Can those two remain in their jobs based on the product we've seen on the field, knowing that they have made all the decisions, this is their roster finally, this isn't Adam Gase's roster? No, it's not. And you know what? When you ask a question like that, it almost makes you think, we hear all these rumors about the owner wanting you know, a, a lifeline, right? A Deshaun Watson trade, which I think is truly absurd, by the way. Absolutely it's, it's insane. It's actually... It's unfathomable how often it's discussed where when you open Twitter every day or you turn on, you know, whatever segments you want, that how often these, these Watson rumors and trades are discussed. It's, it's completely tone deaf and it's really absurd. But maybe that's how those two survive is that they cave to the owner, and I don't even think that'll work in the long run. But staying in the short-term picture here, you know what? Tua has become this low-hanging fruit-punching bag, and I understand it, right? It's it was a risky pick because of his health background, and I love Tua in college, but the, the medical concerns were always going to be a big question mark. And this isn't a Tua versus Justin Herbert debate. This is just betting your franchise on the Tua pick. That's one thing. But what have they done as an offense to set Tua up for success, right? If you're going to take, if you're going to take Tua and take a lot of the criticism, which tons of teams take criticism when they take a quarterback. It happens all the time. It, you need to set them up for success, and their offensive line is a complete joke. Right, They have done really nothing in their backfield to try to make up for that. Their wide receivers are always hurt. That's been a problem for as long as you know those guys have been there running the team. And at the end of the day, when those, they hired the dual offensive coordinator system, uh, did anybody really go, wow, this is great on paper. This is something to be excited about. Nobody did. So the Dolphins right now, sadly, because I, really, I, I think Flores, you know, Flores, obviously there's a lot to like about him. They look poorly coached, right? It's, it's every single week they lose in heartbreaking fashion to horrible teams for the most part that they should not be in games with. They did not set up the quarterback that a lot of people thought was a controversial pick, whatever about that argument. But they're, they're terrible in the trenches, quite frankly, right? And their yeah. offensive line, you're never going to hang around when you trot out that kind of offensive line. So to me, if I was the owner, and obviously from everything we hear, nobody thinks this, I think I would. I know they've committed what? How long to Chris Drew? He's been there like a decade. Obviously, this this was supposed to be the year that they built it with him and Flores. I would think about turning the page on just about everything yep. from from the top down. I really think you have to. But although I don't think they will. I don't think they will either, Connor. And I I think a lot of it has to do with the sense of they believe Flores is this great coach. And I think time and time again, the NFL continues to be fooled by Bill Belichick assistants. I I, I, yep. I just I yep. think that it is their snake oil salesman. They find a way to mimic the message that Bill Belichick sort of you know, exudes. The problem is, look at Bill Belichick without Tom Brady. He's a bad GM. He's a bad value eval. Like he's not good at evaluating talent, and it just goes to show you they go out and sign John o. Smith to the highest, you know, uh, number for a tight end per year ever in the NFL, and he has like six catches. And they go out and sign Kendrick Bourne, and like it just he has been a bad evaluator. And I think Tom Brady 
really covered up a lot of shortcomings in Bill Belichick as an evaluator. There's no question he's one of the best defensive coordinators of all time. But, like, I just think that the Bill Belichick tree has shown time and time again that you should stop hiring people from the Bill Belichick tree. And they hire them as these saviors where they give them full control more often than not. And this has been going on forever, right? It happened with Eric Mangini with the Jets. And Mangini was a bit of the opposite. Mangini was uh, one of the – and he was never a GM, but he acted on a lot of the – he controlled their drafts. Mangini had some of the best Jets drafts in the last two decades, but could never really put it all together as a head coach. And I think, you know, obviously relating to people in the building at the time – and that's kind of been the theme since then with every single person that gets hired away from the Patriots staff. Bill O'Brien completely ruins the Houston Texans. You know, Brian Flores, I'm not going to pin all the Dolphins' problems on him because he obviously flashed as a head coach and almost overachieved to a fault early on in his career. Uh, Chris Greer has had some horrible draft misses that have really handicapped them. But it goes on and on with all of those hires. And Josh McDaniels failed and then somehow becomes a hothead coaching candidate every single year for reasons no one really understands. I, I, now he seems like he's waiting for that job in New England yep. when that time comes. So I'm with you all the way. I think it's you got to learn from your past and say, yeah, obviously Matt Patricia was basically Adam Gase of the NFC for a couple of years. It's, it's kind of insane not only that these guys are not panning out, these guys are literally setting franchises back two, three four years at a time and owners and, and guys running teams are not learning from it. I will say the only guy that might be an exception to this rule might be Brian Dable. We'll see if he ends up getting yep. a job, but like he's also succeeded away from the machine. So I think that's an Good important point. sort of aspect to this whole thing. Um, Connor, I want to switch gears to another AFC team that you had mentioned there, the, the Cincinnati Bengals. And listen, I, I, I think uh, going into the season, there may not have been a hotter seat than Zach Taylor um, based on the lack of success they had last year. And then going into this year, would the draft pick of Jamar Chase look to be as bad as it? Like in the preseason, there may not have been a bigger storyline than Jamar Chase can't catch and they still have nobody that can block for Joe Burrow. He's going to be dead. There was that meme of like Joe Burrow throwing to Jamar Chase while being chased, or if they were to draft uh, Penny Sewell, like he would actually have time to, right? Like that was, it was a funny meme and somebody retweeted it the other day and was like, remember when we did this and thinking about how good this team is now, what, what do you make of that team? Who are you maybe giving the most credit to here? Is it Joe Burrow? Burrow being able to take the step with, listen, I, I think you could have given Joe Burrow a pass this year and say, listen, Joe Burrow's a good quarterback, but he's a year removed from a really severe ACL injury. And not just ACL, Joe. Uh, Joe Burrow also had, what, the PCL injury? Like, he had almost a full knee reconstruction. And you would think, okay, give him a full year, and I'm giving him a pass. But he has come back and played at arguably one of the highest levels in the NFL right now. Who are you giving the most credit to for Cincinnati? Is it Joe Burrow? Is it Jamar Chase? Or is it Zach Taylor? I think it always starts with the quarterback, right? Because the quarterback's the guy everybody in the room looks to save franchises, whether that's fair or unfair. But Joe Burrow has the clout to do that because the man came to LSU from Ohio State where he wasn't really given, you know, he never was given the keys. And then he goes to LSU with a, with a superpower offense, and they go undefeated, and he has one of the greatest seasons I've ever seen from a college quarterback and goes from a projected fourth to fifth-round pick to the number one overall guy. So there's clearly something about Joe Burrow wherever he goes that the culture changes, guys believe, and he wins games, right? Like, I know I hate the whole quarterback win stats, but he does things that puts the team in position to win games. Now, of course, you have to put a team around him, 
and they took what I thought was a generational wide receiver, a special guy. He, he's the best guy I've ever evaluated since I started doing this a couple of years. You know, God, at least five, six, seven years ago doing the draft. He's the best wide receiver I've ever seen. I know people freaked out over summer. It did not look good. It did not look pretty. But he didn't play the year before that. He opted out. It was rust. And he's shaking off the rust while debuting in the NFL over August. That's not easy to do. So they got – they basically have the new age Matt Ryan to Julio Jones, if we want to be real about it. There's no hyperbole there. That's what they have. And we know a duo like that can carry offenses throughout the NFL. And I think Zach Taylor, to his credit, because he was probably on the hot seat coming into the year – has done a lot of nice things with the offense. So overall, the Bengals, they're really trending in the right direction. I'm really hoping there's no letdown games with them, that this is the truth with Joe Burrow and Chase and the entire team. Uh, but they've obviously, you know, it, it just goes along. Look at the Bills. They got it right with Josh Allen, yeah. and it's turned every, everything after that worked. So it just goes to show you, if you get the quarterback right, you're playing with house money from there, and everything around it starts to click. And the other thing, too, is the quarterback can cover up a lot of deficiencies that you wouldn't – like the Bills' offensive line, Connor, is – I think I'm putting this nicely middle of the pack. Like they're probably in the mid-20s um, in terms of like you know how good they are across the board, particularly as pass blockers. But Josh Allen is sacked at the lowest rate in the league in, in pre- uh, uh, when pressured. Like he can cover up a miscue by the offensive line. And Joe Burrow is so effective. He is not the player that Josh Allen is athletically. But what he he has this almost Marino-like movement in the pocket where it's not athleticism, but it's mobility. The ability to just move to the side, shuffle right, move to the left, miss a guy, and just create an extra passing lane. And like... That, those are things you can't teach. And although he is, no one's going to argue Joe, Joe Burrow has one of the best arms in the league. He probably has a, 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 like a bottom 15% type of arm. But his anticipation, his, his movement in the pocket and finding passing lanes, that's really what makes him a special player. And yeah, like it's, I, I think it's been fun to watch. Cincinnati's an easy team to root for, no? I think so. I think, right, they, they kind of got that underdog mentality. They're, you know, if you were putting it in baseball terms, they're a low-budget team, right? They have no scouting department. A lot of people don't know this. They, they don't employ a lot of scouts. They outsource a ton of their scouting. They don't even have, like, a real GM by title. Um, you know, they, they obviously are not big into giving guaranteed money in free agency beyond one year, which really hampers what they can do with signings and keeping or retaining guys. So, uh, you know, and you always feel bad for the guys on the team and the right. coaches in those situations where they're handicapped by what's above them. So I think they're very easy to root for, and it's cool seeing the changing of the guard go back to the Bengals in that division. Obviously, the Ravens and Steelers aren't going anywhere, and you know, you have the, it's a great division. You have the Browns, of course, all those things, but it's good to see them actually be a real-time threat. Yeah, I agree. I, one more team I want to ask you about, Connor. The Cleveland Browns, I think that, I don't want to say it's been a worst case scenario for them, that everything that could have gone wrong this year has sort of gone wrong for them, but it sort of feels like that, and I think everyone was sort of expecting them to just take the division and be the team that was maybe going to be the biggest threat to the Kansas City Chiefs, we know what happened to the Chiefs, where are you on this Cleveland Browns team, because I think I've soured on... On Baker. I, I, I think I've gone full circle on Baker because I was his biggest defender and I was sort of waiting for him to look like the rookie version of him that everybody thought, like, okay, like this is a franchise quarterback. I think I am like right on the cusp of saying that I think Baker is fine and he'll be a starter in this league for a long time, but he is not a franchise quarterback. And that's that's where I am with them. And and are are you of the mind that like they're just gonna go as far as Baker can take them? 
I think so, and honestly, the worst part of it is, Nate, is that, number one, he's not healthy, which makes you wonder yep. how much of an impact that's having on him not 100%. looking that great so far. And number two, this is the worst place to be as a franchise, is unsure if you should pay the guy or not. It, it really is. It's the worst place to be because if you don't pay him, well, I got news for you. This quarterback class isn't that great, and they're in win-now mode. They are, the Browns are built to win a Super Bowl right now. The roster is one of those where you look at it and go – they should be considered a legitimate AFC contender right at the top with everyone else. So the problem is, are you really going to go with rookie quarterback pains the next couple of years and let Baker Mayfield walk? And you don't even know if he's playing up to his fullest because of the lack of health right now. I don't think they're going to do that. I think ultimately they're going to pay him. But then how do the negotiations go where Baker Mayfield's sitting there going, well, look at my numbers, look at where this team's gone. I need to be paid in the top three to five quarterbacks of the league. I mean, is he Dak Prescott? No. Is he Josh Allen? No. Mahomes? No. Russ? No. Like, you go <laughs> on and on. Yep. And, and, I, I thought, and, I, and I really liked Baker. He's my number two quarterback in that class. Once again, I don't think he's healthy. But at the end of the day, this is no man's land for them. A really, really good football team. A really well-coached football team. I, I understand why you know, he wants to play, and they want to they capitalize on this window. But it feels like there's no happy ending with this playing through the significant shoulder injury. I think I'm with you on that. All right, my last question for you before I let you go. And it's kind of a two-parter. First one, AFC, a bunch of two lost teams right at the top of the, or right at the, top of the conference. Who is the best team in the AFC? Who's the class of the AFC? Who do you expect when it's all said and done to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? And two... Short of John Gruden, now that he's sort of the first domino to fall in the NFL, and, and it's not really for, for performance-based reasons, who's the next coach to get fired in the NFL? Answer whatever one you want to uh, – which whatever, whatever one you want to answer first. Ooh, the coaching one's tough, so I'll answer – you know, the AFC first, I wouldn't pick against the Bills, and I would have said the same thing before the season, honestly. It's not that this has changed just because of how everyone around them has looked, quite frankly. It's – the Bills are one of those teams where when they're playing at their fullest, nobody in the AFC should beat them. And, you know, obviously the Josh Allen slip might have changed a little bit of the narrative of the powerhouse that they've become, but he, the guy truly slipped, right? It was kind of a fluky play where you look at it and the Bills are built for the playoffs, the way they're constructed. They have more continuity than a lot of these teams, both on the roster and with the coaching staff, and that's what kind of takes you far. And I'm not going to rule out the Chiefs, but I just don't think the Chiefs make the Super Bowl with the defense. It's not yeah. fixable this year. There's a lot of problems there, uh, and they're not on Mahomes, although the turnovers obviously have been an issue. I just, I, I'm not going to say the Chiefs are dead in the water, but they're not going to make it to the Super Bowl. So for me, it's the Bills. And then if you look at the teams that can always scare you on any given Sunday, right, where you're going into an AFC title game, you're like, who can actually scare you? You know, the Ravens still, to me, because yep. of Lamar's MVP potential, are the team that scare me on any given Sunday, where, yeah, they might get blown out by Cincinnati, but guess what? They can also beat anyone in the league on any given day. So the two teams I like the best in the AFC are the Bills and Baltimore still, which people might think is crazy to include Baltimore in there, but uh, they'll, call, they'll show up. You know, they'll really come to play when the playoffs are on the line. All right, brother, as always, can't thank you enough for your time and always uh, being so generous with it here for us at the station, not just me, but but everybody. We love listening to you. We'll love the insight, and uh, we'll be looking forward to this Jets-Bills game coming up here in a few weeks. Nate, thanks so much, man. Always good to catch up with you. We'll talk soon. All right, my friend. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.